Hey there, badasses. I hope you're doing well. I am your host, Yanni, your win woman. And today we are diving into politics. So thrilled to bring you to this topic because it's something that I feel not a lot of people have covered, especially in terms of how to build influence, how to build social capital, and how to really navigate the field that we call politics. So tune on right in, sit back, relax, grab your journal because I'm going to be delivering some delicious nuggets and join me for this episode of Building Badassery. The topic that we're diving in today is not for the faint of heart, politics and social capital building. This is not about the two-party system, so don't worry about me arguing about the Republicans or the Democrats. This is about how you build influence. Before we get started, I want to just take a pulse for a second, and I want you to get really clear with yourself on the emotion that is tied to the work politics. And more importantly, when someone tells you, well, it's just politics, or you're just going to have to play in those politics, what does it feel like? What are the emotions that are tied to those words and to those sentiments? Was it an eye roll? Maybe it was a knee-jerk reaction regarding even having to play politics at all. Does it feel inauthentic to you or that you have to put on a show? I'm going to forewarn you because this might be a really difficult discussion to listen to. And I fully expect for some kicking and screaming along the process as it relates to some of the methods I want you to consider. And I just want to remind you for that first episode of Building Badassery to keep an open mind. You might even question during this period of time, why do I even have to do this? How do I know this? Because I have felt it too. I learned politics by observing and watching others master the skills or succumb to the arrogance that it doesn't apply to them. Here's the thing that I want you to be super clear about, crystal clear, because you know how it is. I'm going to give it to you. I want you to understand that if you want extra zeros in your bank account, if you want to scale your business, if you want to move up the corporate ladder, that playing in the political arena is going to take place. Regardless if you own it or not, I would prefer that you would own it, politics is going to be there. Building influence and navigating them strategically, and more importantly, like a badass, which is what we're here to do, is how I'm going to teach you this session. So buckle up because it's not, again, it's not a conversation for the faint of heart. You want to be in the headspace to really understand and deep, dig deep within yourself to know how to navigate these arenas, 
who are the players involved, and how to increase your influence. So we're going to begin today with two things and two vocabulary words that you're going to learn. So the first one is social capital. I'm going to define it for you. And the second one we'll learn is tactical empathy. But let's start off with the social capital for a second. So what is social capital? I'm going to define it specifically. It's defined as the effective functioning of social groups through interpersonal relationships, a shared sense of identity, a shared sense of understanding, shared norms, shared values, trust, cooperation, and reciprocity. If you didn't notice already, I used a common term to define this, which was shared. We need to understand as we are defining this term social capital, that it is something that we come together with. So when we are building this with another person, we build it, we share it together. And as much as you're building a relationship, the person needs to be as involved and involved within that relationship and feel like they have some skin in that game, feel like they are sharing, co-creating with you to really know and to really have that influence with that person. One key skill that you'll want to own in on is tactical empathy. Now, Chris Voss, one of my favorite negotiation experts, is the one that actually coined this phrase. So I'm going to define it for you. Tactical empathy is a deliberate influence of your negotiating counterparts' emotions for the ultimate purpose of building trust based influence and securing deals. The way that you employ your voice, like your voice inflection, Labels, mirrors, and dynamic silence all contribute to tactical empathy. So here's the thing about tactical empathy. It's incredibly strategic. And I want to dive into a little bit more about empathy because I can already see some of the resistance towards this and this tactical empathy of what I'm describing. Here's the thing. Harvard defines this as empathy does not require people to have sympathy for another's plight or to feel their pain, nor is empathy about being nice. Empathizing with someone, therefore, does not mean agreeing with or even necessarily liking the other side. You just have to see their point of view. In negotiating, and I'm excited to be able to dive into that topic a little later on in this season. So when you're negotiating, one of the things you want to do is you want to be able to have the other side understand that what's going on, the interaction that's happening is fair. At any point in time where the person does not think the situation is fair, that's when they usually back away from the table. So in this particular case, we want to build the trust with tactical empathy and build that fairness type of playing field, especially when you're asking for something. But we'll 
going to dive into that more later this season. The other thing, and this is the FBI understanding empathy, and I love this. So empathy as it relates to the FBI is identification, understanding of another situation's feelings and motives. So it's not just, you know, okay, I can imagine what a person feels, but understanding truly, taking a step back, understanding the another situation, their feelings and their motives. I explain this to you now because it's going to be so critical for you at any given time while, while we're talking about navigating the political arena and building influence for you to take a step back, understand the situation, what the other person's situation is is at the time, what their feelings towards that situation is, and what are their motives towards that situation. So now I'm going to give you a bird's eye view on how to navigate politics and maneuver the players involved and the circumstances at hand. So here's a playbook on the basic in knowing the players at stake. And there are just three rules to follow in here. So number one, we're going to want to know who is really in charge. And I want you to take a step back for a second here and understand that a title does not constitute the actual person in charge. Who is the one actually making the decisions? That actually goes into the step two in the playbook, which is understand the role each player plays. Understandably, in any organization, whether it's in a corporate organization, this is an easier example to to follow, that at the top of any organization, there is the leader and, and a lot of their direct reports. But in that leader's decision-making, there is a circle of influence that probably has the ear of that leader and provides insightful knowledge, information, and details that lead into decision-making. So you want to start asking yourself the question, who has the ear to the decision-maker? What role do they play? How do they play a role in the decision? When does it usually come into play? Is it as information is gathered? Is it during a board meeting? Is it... um, in the halls, via text, how is it gathered? And then more importantly, when you understand those roles and what each person plays, I want you to take a step back and see how you understand the role that you're going to play. How does your role fit into all this with some new knowledge that's being presented? Because here's the thing, especially understanding the roles each person plays, And understanding who is really in charge is you want to make sure that what you have to say is probably being lobbied before it's heard by the decision maker. So you want to get almost a endorsement for some some individuals closest to the decision maker and begin almost like that amplification of your message or your, your idea, like floating the idea and allowing for the decision maker to either think that that's the, that was an, their idea to begin with 
or um, to hear it from multiple sources. So understanding the role each person plays is about really getting involved in, okay, who are the people that are involved with the decision-making process of this organization? And who are the influencers here? And who do I have to talk to before going straight to the decision maker? Which is why I wanted to just kind of understand and um, put out there that who is really in charge usually is not just who you think is in charge. Gatekeepers are so important in this process. That means assistance, maybe front desk. You might realize, and this is a story that I've heard a lot in the past as it relates to job interviews, you know, treating every single person as you arrive into a building with the same amount of respect, consideration, and civility as you would treat that hiring manager is as critically important um, as anything. So you want to make sure, because a lot of times what happens in those situations when, where it results in a job interview is if they didn't have a good opinion of you, a lot, a lot of times those front desk, those assistants will report that to their higher ups. And not, uh, sometimes that takes into consideration the hiring decision of whether or not to bring you on. So you want to take that into consideration, um, understanding that the gatekeepers are very important. All right. So we've gone over number one, which is know who really is in charge. Number two, understanding the roles each person plays. And lastly, number three, realize the currency that is being used. This doesn't mean that it's just monetary value. This means that a lot of times favors are being exchanged. So understand that when you are navigating arenas of politics or political arenas, and you are navigating how to play in this to build your own influence, relationships of reciprocity are going to be extremely crucial here. So, and these are not necessarily bad. I'm going to take a step back and just kind of highlight and illuminate some of these things for you. So a relationship of reciprocity doesn't have to just be, or let me back it up. Relationships in general don't have to just be these types of relationships that you have with people that you completely trust and you are. Um, you know, you hang out on the weekends. That's not necessarily the case. Relationships of reciprocity are great to have. Um, they are a little bit more transaction and transactional in nature, but it's something that it's a good opportunity to build rapport with these individuals and to build influence. And it's going to be very critical as you're navigating this spectrum and this arena. So one of the things that I wanted to share is one of one of my favorite, um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely a book that was eye-opening that I had read over the last year. We had brought um, consultants in at, uh, at the university that I worked with fundraising. And one of the consultants had mentioned to read The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And there's a ton of learning lessons there. Sometimes it was pretty cutthroat to listen to it. I'm, I'm usually an avid, audible 
um, I, I listen and I consume books via listening to them. And going through that and understanding the book, it's read in this tone to give you a perspective if you have never picked it up or if you haven't listened to it. It's read in this tone of this evil mastermind. At least that's what it felt. And it was supplemented with these uh, classical, classical music notes in the meantime. And so anyway, there are 48 laws of power. And I say power because it's also another way of saying navigating politics. And I pulled out some of my favorite learning lessons for you because I thought that it was actually a perfect time to bring it out as we learned how to navigate this arena and how to build the social capital. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you now and summarize them for you to take home and for you to just kind of use in practice. So the first rule, one of the first, first rules that you pick up, that's the, actually it's rule number one of the 48 laws of power is never outshine the master. And it's interesting to say, because the master being whoever the decision maker is, right? Whoever is your boss or in a business, whoever is a potential larger client, um, maybe it's, you know, the government that you're trying to get a contract with. Who is the master? Who is the decision maker? So when it comes to power, outshining the master is probably the worst mistake of all. I want you to keep in mind that you never want to take your position for granted and never let any favors you receive go to your head. So that is never outshine the master. The next rule and one of the next rules within the laws of power is never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. And man, when I when I realized that or when I when I um picked up that piece in that book, I thought to myself, what? Hiring an enemy or how do you even work with an enemy? But hear me out for a second because I thought it was interesting the way that they laid laid it out. Hiring a former enemy or adversary and they will be more loyal than a friend because they have more to prove, which is an interesting point. In fact, you will have more to fear from friends than from enemies. For any of you who have gone through a huge a huge trust issue with a partner or with um, a betrayal, really, with a partner, with a friend, you know that it hurts tremendously when you believe that there's trust or mutual trust there. Whereas really an en enemy or an adversary, you have nothing to, you know exactly where they stand with you. The key to power, or in this particular case, the key to influence is the ability to judge who is best able to Further your interests in all situations. Keep friends for friendship, but work with the skilled and competent. I absolutely love that last line. Work with the skilled and competent and keep friends for friendship. So one of the next rules that I wanted to bring up really constitutes that first you know, principle that I had mentioned earlier about really knowing who's in charge. So this law of power mentions know who you're dealing with. Do not offend the wrong person. So I'm going to take a step back for a second because I want you to, I want to take 
and digest this a little bit with you. Not all decision makers have titles, but have influence. You know, understanding who really is in charge is incredibly important. You know, I speak a lot about this in my negotiation seminars. It's extremely inefficient when we go into a negotiating table or a meeting and we're blindsided because we didn't do enough research to truly identify who the decision maker was and who really was in charge. I can't tell you enough how critically important this is. You must identify who is running the show. In most cases, the titles don't matter and just because they have the title doesn't mean that the they're the ones who decide. I know that this might sound repetitive, but I can't stress it enough. We need to kind of be vigilant and know who are the decision makers, how are things being run, getting a preview of that. And we need to ask those questions of people who are close to that inner group, that inner circle that I had talked about. We also need to look for secondaries decision maker who may not have the title, but surely have the influence. When you arrive in a new role for your career, or you even need a qualified prospect for your a client for your business, it's important to understand the dynamics so you can determine how long it takes to make decisions. And more importantly, the people who you need to truly spend time cultivating. We're going to dive into a session of Building Badassery about cultivation and really what it takes to cultivate relationships because I think it's so critically important how a relationship is cultivated. And I realize that out there these days, there's not a lot of cultivation being done. There's a lot of asking for favors. There's a lot of me, 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 but there's not a lot of responsiveness and follow-up in the process. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to cultivate someone and understanding what their interests are. But bringing it back for a second, that's where I that's why empathy and tactical empathy is such a great piece here to discuss. One of the other rules and the last rule the last power law of power that I will share that relates to this building of political capital and building your influence is understanding and mastering the art of timing. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've walked into situations where people don't know how to read the room. They don't realize that they're walking in and you know what? The energy is off. People are turned off. And so asking questions about, oh, what's the next step for that? Or, you know, I want to follow up with you on business for is not an appropriate thing to ask because whatever happened earlier that day, you can feel it. And reading the room is so critically important. Never seem to be in a hurry. Hurrying betrays a lack of control over yourself and over time. I want you to always seem patient and as if you know that everything will eventually come to you. Become a detective of the right moment. Sniff out the spirit of the times. Learn to stand back when the time is not yet ripe and strike fiercely when it has reached fruition. I love that. And those are my, there's 48 laws, as you can imagine, but those are my best laws that I wanted for you to own in on. So once again, I'll repeat those, never outshine the master, 
Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use your adversaries or your enemies. Know who you are dealing with. Do not offend the wrong person and master the art of timing. So those are my personal favorite laws of power. Um, You can pick up that book, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Um, It was released in the late 90s, and there's some great pieces of information there. And what I love about it is that it gives some historical reference stories to for you to kind of picture the law in practice. But going back to really the basics of what I described earlier, which is know who's really in charge, understand the roles of each player and how and how it's being played and realize the currency that's being used. Those are my basics for you to understand and grasp. How do we overcome and how do we navigate this spectrum? So I want you to think about at this time, a scenario that you've been in politically and now using what you know a little bit now that I've given you a taste of what politics and and what to look out for. How could you have navigated this differently, knowing um, that you had to do a little bit more research in who was involved, who were the decision makers, understanding, you know, what's the currency being used here? Is it relationship driven or is it favor trading? And also, you know, going back to some of the laws of power that we talked about is, did you master the art of timing? Was it the right time to ask for you what you were asking for? You know, taking all of these things into consideration, this is a way of life. And, you know, all of this, all in all to share that you always want to just take a step back and understand what's involved and what's at stake. And once you take a step back from the situation and not be reactive, because when we talk about politics and navigating this, you know, a lot of you maybe reference House of Cards or Game of Thrones, any of these great shows out there that have, you know, influence of a influences of power, manipulation, that that sort of thing. A number of times what you realize that the characters who have the most success, just like the people who have more success, are the ones who are patient, are the ones who are strategic and who do not make impulsive decisions to move forward. So I hope you've had a little bit more insight now in how to really understand this arena. So I want to get vulnerable with you for a second because something that I used to do, I can't say that I did it intentionally, but it actually was a defense mechanism for me. As I grew and built relationships with people, I immediately would identify what their weakest point was. So what was the driver? What was the Achilles heel of that person? And you know, I would lock it away somewhere and not to say that I would use it as a vulnerability uh, for them or I would use it at one point as a big game. But it's for you to do this skill. And, and, and I share this with you vulnerably and honestly because it was something that I did as a defense mechanism, right? I didn't have a lot of trust for people or really didn't see you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was about not getting hurt. 
And I know that a lot of you can probably relate to that. But as you're looking for people, everybody has their weakness. Everybody has something that makes them tick, something that they're more passionate about. And really, when you are understanding the political arena, it really it's about and the players that are involved and you are building relationships with people, you want to start looking out for not just the weaknesses or people's faults, but what motivates them, what stresses them out. I want you to do that more so on the tactical empathy side to understand why they react a certain way to certain things. Coming from a place of understanding is how we can better provide information and how we can better communicate with those around us. So as you're looking into building your own influence with people and building rapport, start thinking about the ways to understand the person across the table from you instead of just wanting to manipulate or influence or more importantly, control them. Well, badasses, that is a wrap for your lesson on part one of politics and social capital building. So let's recap for a second. So today's lesson really dove into some vocabulary and lessons in how to build tactical empathy, what is it, and really about what is social capital and how do we use it in exchange for influence. We also talked about the playbook and the basics of that playbook, which are my three rules which is one, knowing who actually is in charge in any given situation. Number two, understanding the roles of each player involved. And number three, most important, realize the currency that is being used in that situation. Also, we kind of went into some of my favorite laws of power from the Robert Greene book, The 48 Laws of Power. And we talked about never outshining the master, really how to build influence when, with your adversaries, not putting too much trust in your friends, knowing who you are dealing with, do not offend the wrong person. And lastly, my last favorite law of power is really mastering the art of timing. Here's the thing about this lesson today, because I began and I really toe-dipped, we toe-dipped today in what politics is all about and really wanting to pull back that curtain for you and making you vigilant about what is going on on the other side as people are making decisions, as you're rising through the corporate ladder, as you're building influence with outside individuals for your business. We pulled back the curtain on that. But I want to break it down and I want to just bring it back and ground it for you for a second. The reason why I'm uncovering these things for you is because ultimately I don't want you to get taken advantage of. I want you to see everything that's in place in front of you and I want you to be able to navigate 
this arena and this field with ease, but more importantly, like a badass. So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Next week, we're going to have part two of politics and social capital building, but I'm actually going to do a little bit of a deeper dive in really how to cultivate the best relationships and what it takes to build those meaningful relationships and not being an obnoxious on how you climb that corporate ladder or how you build that influence. So stay tuned for next week's episode on that. I am your win woman, Yanni San Luis, and this was Building Badassery.